we're going to quickly pray. Let's stay standing. Let's just position ourselves. That's the main reason we're doing this moment is to actually position ourselves um, and really ask God to speak to us. Come on. Um, God, I thank you that you can take a heart that, that's hard, a stony heart, and, and make it a heart of flesh. And you can position us to have hearts that can receive um, the seed you want to plant into our hearts. And we know that you want to plant your word into our hearts because your word can produce a harvest that I have no doubt we all desire. So we come to you, we ask you to do that. First position our hearts and then prepare us for what you're about to give to us, for what we're about to receive, Lord. And so we come to you, we submit to you. We wanna do your will. We're not perfect, but this is our desire. And even as we have it, we have an authority now. So we resist the devil and we thank you that he has to flee. Pray to protection around us, our children, our marriages, our relationships. And in that hedge, I pray you bring healing, direction, provision, and bring your word that can be planted in our hearts. If any of us in this place are without, out of relation with you or without hope, I pray that you'd knock on the door of our hearts today and draw us unto you, God, so we can open up that door and receive you as our Savior. We thank you that you initiated this relationship and we can open ourselves to it. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone believed it said? Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. It's so good to be in the house. Uh, Leanne and I were away last week. We were on a bit of a break, and uh, we are so stoked to be back. Uh, my daughter woke up, I think, with a, uh, she sure going to have to have her tonsils out soon, so we're just trying to get her ready for that. But Leanne's had to, we were going to do a, a preach together, uh, but that's where she is right now, and, and not stoked that she's missing church. But listen, I love this house. I, I, I love being part of this church. I've been part of View Church family, and of course, we hear Table View, Malkbos, and Camps Bay. And today, we're actually launching. If you're on your device, you can actually check our new website um, on your device, or you can look at the one on your iPad or computer when you get home. Um, and it really is an awesome website. Uh, this has been done by somebody who's um, excellent at websites, and they actually have done it as a, as a gift, and they've actually made their best website they've ever made. They've given their first to God. So really a phenomenal gift. Been on a journey for the last few months, and uh, I just want to honor our team who's been on this journey of putting this together. But, but this, the, the reason we got this is to help you um, and also to help your friends, to actually have a look into the life of the church, to get connected, that's our big thing we want to do. And of course, we, we're believing that uh, we already started work in Atlantis. We got groups. And once we hit a certain amount of people in groups, we're going to start a service. That's our next step as a church, Atlantis. Then from Camps Bay, we're trusting that we can go into Heart Bay at some point. And then we're very excited about Marmesbury. Stellenbosch University is uh, starting in Marmesbury. And we'd like to plant an evening service in Marmesbury, a 6 p.m. service for students. So while they are studying, they have a church that can empower them, equip them as they go out um, and as they go out into the, the country again. So that's what we're believing for. And we also believe this online platform will help us. It will be like a front door in a way as well, where people get a look in before they come. So, so I encourage you to pray. Even today, we're launching it. You see my, my three yellow dots. Uh, you'll see it on the website as well. But, but um, And that's why people have been wearing yellow, so we appreciate it. Soul actually is his favorite color. So that was an easy one for Sol. Uh, but... But please pray over this and ask, pray with us that God would use this um, and, and that people would come across this, people who need a church, people need to be planted in a church and people who need to know Jesus. So it's be awesome. Uh, remember guys, Easter's coming up. The only reason people don't come to Easter, they say, is because they weren't invited. It's an amazing season to invite people. So you can get your tickets as you walk out the door, right in front of you. Go get your tickets for any of the services. We've got a two-part Easter experience, a Friday and a Sunday. We've got seven opportunities 
used to be a church over here. We've got five at Malkbos across the Easter weekend and two in Camps Bay. Um, so it's going to be an amazing weekend. So there's 13 opportunities, um, in-person opportunities this Easter to invite a friend. So I encourage you to, to do that. Well, sorry, I think it's 14. I, I might have got that wrong. But but 14 opportunities. So why don't you invite your world? And you would have heard Lucania, the God can. Of course, all we do is you write the name of your friend on the God can and the whole thing of a God can. I can invite because God can save them. That's a pretty a simple thing we do. And so we're going to be praying over that this Tuesday. So why don't you join us then? So we've been doing the Unstoppable series. And we looked at how God's word is unstoppable. We looked at how God's church is unstoppable. How Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And today I want to look at unstoppable unity. That's the heading. You can write it down. If you're online on Facebook, YouTube, you can write that down. Um, and you can write the word unstoppable unity. Um, now, I used to go to Zambia quite a bit, and we've been part of the Zambia project. You would have seen our missionaries come, and, and it's been amazing to see what God's done. But, but I got to be part of the Zambia project right in the front end uh, when we used to go up there, and there was nothing. There were no roads going to Colabo. So we, even, we went from Mongo to Colabo. I remember one, one uh, we had two long dugouts, and we took about 30 people up the Zambezi um, and pretty much got lost. We were on the Zambezi for about 14 hours and um, got there at night. We didn't know if we were going to uh, get to the right place. Graham was freaking out. He thought we'd taken the wrong tributary and end up in Angola, which was in war at that point. So, so he was having a, a panic attack, but all the people of faith, we were just singing songs. I'm joking, you know? We were all a bit worried. But I remember those days uh, of going there. It used to be a three-and-a-half-day drive there. And I've done uh, the drive in a land cruiser with one guy. Well, I met in Namibia. That was a jaw because we went off-road a lot. But I also did the the Land Cruiser, uh, I mean the, the Overlander truck. One time I was in the Overland truck, the next time I actually was in charge of the truck where I sat in the front and we did all the stops. And the main reason you sat in the front was you actually had to keep the drivers driving at a certain speed because the Overlander truck um, used to go 90 k's an hour. Now imagine how long that trip is all the way to Zambia through Namibia. And then when they sort of took their foot off the pedal, we'd hit a 70 or 80 and your job was to keep them hitting 90. Us, you know, we'd, we'd make it a four-day trip instead of a three-and-a-half day. And I remember I sat in the front of the Overlander with two guys who didn't speak English. Well, that's what they told me, so clearly they don't want to speak to me. Um, and um, I actually got so bored that I could actually tell our speed by the 10-kilometer marks on the Namibian road. Every time we hit, I actually knew the speed we were going. So I'd say, hey, we, we're going 80. Hey, oh, okay, no, no, 90. Like, and it was just crazy. After this trip, which was amazing, we used to go to uh, the um, Victoria Falls because a lot of people, it would be a three-week trip, so people gave up their, their holiday break, their, their year's leave, to actually go and, and serve other people. So we thought we would try to also create a moment where they felt refreshed. And it was just a two-day break at Vic Falls, and it was a lot of fun. A lot of us would take time to go down the rapids. Um, um, and anyone know about the rapids over there or uh, Vic Falls? And, and if you go down those rapids, um, there's a big chance you're going to be tossed out your boat. So before you get before you get in your boat, they actually tell you, hey guys, this is how it's going to work. And if you get tossed out, this is your response. And this is how you grab onto the side of the uh, the, the raft, um, the, the river raft, and, and um, for the boat. 
and then I also picked up, I asked the guys, they said they determined if you went in the hard, the biggest rapids based on sort of the fear in the boat. So by, as they started that pickup, this person's super fearful, so we're actually going to choose uh, rapids that are more chilled. But if they picked up the boats pretty confident, then they'd go for the biggest ones. Now on my boat, we had a lady who was struggling, so I never knew this, I only found out afterwards, so we missed out on some of the big ones. But but my now wife, we went dating, and this was be about five years before we dated. She was on another raft with her best friend, and they clearly thought this crew had it in them to go on the big ones. So they went on the big ones, and they hit it, and they flipped, and everyone went under. And my wife's a good swimmer. She'd been trained at swimming since, like, from a little girl. She, I think she could swim before she could walk. And so she was capable, but even that experience, she got tossed under, and she she was fighting the, you know, tumbling, because the rapids are strong. You're tumbling in the water, and you come up, and she hit the, the raft, and she got a fright again. Then she had to go under again and try to come up to the side. And she finally got there, but she was shaken. But her best friend um, was shaken to another level, and she actually um, said, I'm so scared of this water. I just want to get out of this water. Now, if you're going down the rapids, uh, you, there's cliffs on the side of the, of the Zambezi where you're going down the rapids, and, and there's some crocs sitting on the rocks. Crazy. They say, no, the crocs don't attack in the rapids. Anyway, um, like, yeah, until, but it was crazy. You'd go past the crocs, like, and so Leanne's like, listen, you'd have to climb up this, you know what I mean, this cliff, and, and, um, and there's, you know what I mean, wild animals, and there's crocs, and she said, she said, I'd rather face that than this water right now. She was so overwhelmed by this water. And when they stopped, Leanne had to remind her, because there's a little stop, that you're actually not scared of water. You drink two liters every day. <laughs> um, you have a shower, you have a bath, uh, you open rain taps. You're not scared of water. What's overwhelming you is the force of this water in unity flowing in one direction. That it's actually powerful. And, and that's what's making you scared. And, and I want to remind you that when the church flows in one direction and becomes powerful, the enemy actually gets scared. But the enemy's not scared of a church in, flowing in many directions, people who are in disunity, people who are fighting for their opinion, people who are saying, what about me? The, the enemy's not scared of that. That church does not take ground. That church is not storming the gates of hell. And I know I'm using that story to point out that in unity, something becomes powerful. I want to remind you that in unity, the church truly represents the power of Christ. Our God is a powerful God. We should represent Him how? We represent Him as we come into unity. If you look at Genesis, you actually see a story and a picture of how powerful unity is. And it's in Genesis 11, 1 to 6. It says, now the whole earth had one language, one speech. There's unity. They said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves and lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Other versions of the Bible say nothing will be impossible for them. There's so much powerful power when you get into unity. You actually become unstoppable. Of course, God, in a way by His grace, stopped them because they were going in the wrong direction. And yes, we want to be people who are going in God's direction because in that space, God can bless it. 
You don't wanna find yourself down the road building something you should never have built. You wanna build something that God can say, well done, good and faithful servant. But, but you need to understand that it's in unity that you really build in a way that God wants you to build. When you and I get into unity um, and, and, and live a life that, that honors God, we end up really enjoying life. There's so much that comes with it. Um, but but if, if you and I are in disunity, uh, life's actually quite tough. You're gonna be finding that life's a fight. You'll be striving a lot and you'll feel that only if you don't do it, it's not gonna happen. You have no help. But, but God's attention, God, unity actually gets God's attention. I'm gonna quickly point out some benefits of unity. The first thing that God does when He sees unity is He releases a blessing. If you look at Psalm 133, the scripture says, wherever there's unity, God commands a blessing. It says this in the New Living, in Psalm 133, verse one and then verse three. How wonderful and pleasant is it when brothers live together in harmony. Other versions say in unity. And there the Lord has pronounced His blessing, even life everlasting. Um, I just spoke about the Tower of Babel, and it says in Genesis 1, uh, Genesis 11, 6, 8, and the NIV, it's, uh, this is how it's worded. Then the Lord said, if, um, if as one people speaking the same language have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Unity commands God's blessing and opens up the door that the impossible becomes possible. Um, you could even look maybe at your marriage right now and there's things that seem impossible for your marriage. You know, this thing, my marriage is never gonna get there. It's, we're never gonna flourish. We're never gonna be more in love. Well, as you both decide you want to see your marriage flourish, the, what seems impossible does become possible. God wants to bless your marriage. It's, he ordained marriage. It's His idea. But, but you and you guys need to come together and see what God does with it. Because you can go, yeah, but you know, it might not happen. And, no, but why don't you have a go? Why don't you see what can happen as you come into unity? Unity can make the impossible possible. And when you come into unity, you're stepping into miracle territory. The next thing we see in Scripture uh, that God does when He sees unity, He releases an anointing. Anointing is this picture of a flow and ease. You know, David says in Psalm 23 that, that the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. And at the bottom of that, uh, in, in the later verses, he says, He anoints my head with oil. It's like he, he puts an anointing on your head. And of course, uh, a shepherd would anoint sheep with oil because um, the oil um, would go onto the top of their heads. And so when the, the, the sheep knocked heads, um, it wouldn't, of course, uh, cause that they cracked their heads. They would actually slide off each other's heads. See, you and I need an anointing to stay in community. You and I need the anointing of God to be in unity. You need the anointing of God for your marriage to keep flourishing. You must probably need the anointing to do business with other people. You need the anointing to actually be in healthy relationships. Uh, he'd also pour um, or, um, anointing oil, uh, the picture's anointing oil, but oil in the sheep's noses because flies would get up their nose. So flies would fly up and they'd slide up. You know, a lot of us get, let a lot of things get up our nose at church, you know? But I'm so upset. Bro, you just need to get that out your nose, bro. You need some more anointing. You need some more anointing. You, you need to get into God's presence. Like, like, what's kept you out of church? A fly up your nose? You and I need to major on unity and not on opinion. I'm not saying you can't have an opinion, but I need to remind you that opinion doesn't build what you wanna build. 
It says wisdom builds the house. And I promise you the wisdom that builds a house is the same wisdom that will build your marriage, the same wisdom that will build your business. And unless the Lord builds it, you labor in vain. And that wisdom is where you allow the Lord to build it. But your opinion won't build anything. And your opinion normally takes you out of unity. It, it puts you into disunity. And the enemy's plan is disunity. That's the enemy's plan. Because united you stand, but divided you fall. The enemy's plan is for you to be isolated. If you keep winning arguments and finding yourself standing all alone, you might be playing into the enemy's hands. It's not God's will for your life to always find yourself isolated, alone, out of community, distracted, disconnected, but God puts an anointing on you. You know, uh, when I was, uh, as a youth pastor in this church, my big thing was I'd rather be anointed than right. But I knew I could be both at points. Where I hear from God, I have a sense and I'm gonna step out. But, but people are, are, we living in a world where people want their opinion to be heard more than they want the anointing of God. And I'm, like I'm saying, I'm not trying to push down your opinion, but I ha- I'm asking you, what do you want more? Do you wanna come into unity? Do you want God's blessing? Do you want the anointing of God on your life? Or do you just wanna be right and alone? Because you can win an argument, but you don't really win. And so I want to encourage you to open up your life. Stop striving. Because it says in Psalm 133, how good and pleasant is it when people live together in unity? Uh, it speaks about a wonderful harmony. And it says there's refreshing. Um, it says that there's, there's a blessing. Um, it, it speaks about a refreshing even in a dry season. And of course, then it says everlasting life. The next thing that unity brings is unity, um, well, well, what God does when there's unity, unity is our greatest witness. So whenever there's unity, God commands a blessing. Where there's unity, God brings His anointing. And like I said, if you're always fighting and striving, you have to go, is there an anointing? Because there's an ease on your life. There's a blessing, there's a favor when there's that anointing. And then, of course, it's the, God, it's the greatest witness. And of course, Jesus in his last prayer before he went to the cross was, um, was that the church would live in unity. Um, it says in uh, John 17, verse 21 in the message, the goal is for all of them to become one mind, uh, sorry, one heart and mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so that they might be one heart and, um, and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, said, me. It's our greatest witness, unity. You know, you and I have been given the great commission to go out into all the nations, to make disciples. Um, if that's our great commission, then clearly unity is our responsibility because unity is the greatest witness. And if we can see that, that we need to be people who always lean towards unity and not disunity, we will keep building a church and experiencing the blessing and have the anointing of God on us, on our lives, on your marriage, on your business. I'm believing that in this year, there'd be an ease in the way you do this year, an anointing, a blessing, a favor. And even as you do it, there'll be a great witness. People will see your life and go, Clearly, Jesus is on your life. That's why, that's what I'm believing for. But that's why I love this church. If you look at this church, it's diverse. The church is supposed to bring diversity together and bring a unity. We don't all have to sing the same tune, but we can sing a harm in harmony. We can sing together, something that complements the other. And if we can't do this, then, you know, Jesus, if, whenever you bring Jesus into the room, diversity can gather. Uh, the diverse people, you understand? But if you take Jesus out of it, then we're gonna have to separate. 
We have to go back into our circles and instead of making our circles bigger, we have to make us smaller. We're gonna have to think smaller thoughts. We have to start complaining. We have to get flies up our nose. We have to point, that's the way you outside of Jesus. But as soon as you get into a relationship with Jesus, as soon as you get into the presence of God, I promise you there's a unity that starts to build. So how do you practically do it? Number one, unity begins with you. I'll say it again. Unity begins with you. It's the most practical thought I can give you on unity. Unity begins with you. Unity doesn't begin with that next thing you find that you think you're gonna be in unity with. Unity starts right now with you. If you can't get into unity at this church, I encourage you to find a church that you can be in unity with. But I need you to hear this. You first need to sort out your heart because wherever you go, there you are. And if you can't get into unity, you must probably struggle to get into unity over there as well because unity begins with you. It doesn't begin with them. It doesn't begin with somebody else's opinion. It doesn't begin with somebody else's thought. It actually begins with you. And if you're always in disunion in your marriage, the key way to get into unity is you need to sort it out in your heart. Unity is a heart issue. Unity is a leaning you have. I want unity. God commands a blessing. There's an anointing on unity. It's the greatest witness. I want to be in unity. I've said it to you guys. My big goal in life is to find as many ways to, be dis, to, to not get disconnected and to stay in unity because there's a blessing there and those who are planted in the house will flourish. That's my goal. I want to stay connected. I want to keep serving all the days of my life. I want to keep giving. I don't want to find a, 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 an excuse with the fly up my nose or the, uh, as I knock heads with with the other sheep. I want to find a way and I find whenever I worship, I want to get back into unity. Whenever you get into God's presence, you'll want to get back into, uh, into unity. So you need to find a way to, to prepare your heart and, and to get back into that place. 1 John 4 verse 9 says, we love because He first loved us. Other versions say Christ loved us first. You and I are the perfect people to get into unity with other people because you and I have got the love of Christ. We've already been fulfilled by our relationship with Christ. So you and I can find, easily find a way to be in relationship with other people because we have nothing to receive from them, but we've got everything to give them because Jesus has us, given us all we need. And we're on the front foot. And, and that's why I believe Christians should be the easiest people to come to get into unity. And, and, but the devil's plan is for you to be in disunity. Of course, David says, search me in Psalm 139, 23, 24. God, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way of everlasting life. Are you always jealous? Are you self-absorbed? Are you always getting to arguments? Are you always angry with the people you work for? or the people you work alongside? Are you you're always angry with your spouse? Are you always disconnected from your kids? Are you always upset with your teacher? Are you always upset with your lecturer? Are you always upset with the government? Are you... <laughs> Unity begins with you. When I'm in God's presence, I, my, my, my overflow is I want to start to pray for my president. I'm not saying people are perfect, but I'm connecting with the one who is. And my overflow then goes, it comes from his place. You understand? From him. <laughs> Unity begins with you. Let's stop making excuses. <laughs> so let's stop blaming the world. 
Guide the worship team up. Number two, get into community because the enemy's plan is disunity. Please don't isolate yourself. The best way to keep growing in unity is community. You actually have to be in relationship to build a unity in relationships. As soon as you get isolated, the enemy goes, got it. Because together they're too powerful. But standing by themselves, I can take them out. You know, it says those who surround themselves with wise counsel assure themselves of victory. But a man who's alone, it's like he runs into a city with rage and finds out there's no one with him. Like in his rage and his anger, he isolates himself. What's isolating you? What's keeping you out of unity? Sort that out. Get into community. And I want to give you my best practical point. I actually haven't written this down, but if you want to get into unity, you need to come into a relationship with Christ. That's the best advice I could ever give you. Because Jesus' ministry is a ministry of reconciliation, reconciling you and me to God. Jesus says, you and I are His ambassadors. We bring reconciliation wherever we go. If you get into God's presence and we come with a wall that's divided us because of our past, you know what Jesus will do while we're in His presence? He'll break down that wall. As you walk out of it, it's your decision to build it again. But in His presence, He breaks walls. He breaks down divides. And He declares we're all His children. We're all the same. He loves us all the same. If you wanna get into unity, come into a relationship with Christ. If you wanna see more unity in your marriage, come into a relationship with Christ. If you wanna see more unity in your business, come into a relationship with Christ. If you wanna see more unity with your children, come into a relationship with Christ. Because you now have been anointed to carry the ministry of reconciliation. You've been anointed to carry the ministry of unity. You've been anointed to carry the ministry of peace because you now have been given forgiveness so you pass it on. Maybe there's somebody you can't forgive. The best way is to come to Christ. He's gonna forgive you and you're gonna carry what you've been given to others. It's the best practical way to get into unity. Now, several centuries ago, ancient China wanted to secure its borders from its northern invaders. So they built a great wall, the, the Great Wall of China to protect the border. The massive wall stretched 1,500 miles. Um, it was two to 40 feet wide, uh, 12 to 40 feet wide, and parts of 20 to 50 feet high. The wall was too high for the enemy to scale, too thick for, to tear down, and too long um, to go around. And they, um, they also posted soldiers at different places. They also posted soldiers um, it was built wide enough to, um, on the, the top for chariots to patrol. And if they heard of an attack at a distant location, they could easily get, uh, get to it on their, um, on their chariot. Uh, they were high up, giving them a superior advantage over the enemies. Um, and they knew that they had protected their borders sufficiently against all their enemies. Over the first hundred years of this wall being built, China was still invaded three times. They built this wall they created the thickness and the height and they made it long enough. But what's crazy, the way the enemy got in is they bribed the gatekeepers. What do we learn? When we 
Forget how important unity is in the church. We always open a door for the enemy to invade and hurt the church and hurt people and hurt marriages and hurt families. I don't know what door you've opened in your marriage and you just, you've been brought, the enemy's going, okay, you guys are in unity, but here's a little date. I'm gonna, what, what door did you open in your relationship with your kids? What door you keep opening with your boss, with your colleagues? Shut that thing. What door are we opening in the church? You know, uh, we start, I want to encourage you, if you are complaining about other churches on social media, you are in a dangerous place. You are a gatekeeper who's opening up a gate. Stop bring, talking about the church. It's the bride of Christ. He, God is big enough to take care of His church and vengeance is His. He will sort it out. I promise you, He will not let it just go and He will sort it out. You and I are here around what we're for, not what we're against. We're for seeing Jesus being lifted up. We're for being servants like Jesus. We're for seeing people get saved. We're for serving all the days of our life. We're not here to build a stage or a platform for ourselves. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus. The higher we go, the, the further we go down as servants. All the days of our life, that's what we're for. We're for the church. If a church flourishes, we win. If a church gets blessed in our community, we win. If a church flourishes in South Africa, we win. If the church moves forward, we win. But when the church suffers, we should pray, not complain. No, not, when the church suffers, we suffer. We are the church of Jesus Christ around the world. Please don't laugh at the pain and the, the, the mistakes of men in other churches. I'm encouraging you to build the church. When the church suffers, pray for the church. Pray for the church. That's what our role is. The older we get as Christians, the easier it should be for us to get into unity. The sign of maturity is people who find it easier to get into unity. The sign of immaturity is when you're finding it hard to get into unity. Mine, mine, no, me. But then we as children, we teach them, no, no, you need to share. We can't be teaching six-year-olds to share. And they've been Christians for 30 years. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. We have to shut that door. Ephesians 2 verse 13 says, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Jesus. Our greatest unity is our unity with Christ. When we come into relation with Christ, our sins forgiven, um, our past has been sorted out, and resurrection power has been secured. Uh, when, that's the greatest unity we can have. When we come into relation with Christ, our past has been forgiven, it's been settled, our sins have been paid, and resurrection has been secured, and eternity awaits. We, we can Come into unity with Christ. Are you in unity with Christ? Today, people are gonna be water baptized. They're declaring their unity with Christ. They're saying, just as Christ has died, my sin has been buried, and just as Christ has rose, one day I'll be resurrected. They're giving you a picture of what happened when they gave their life to Jesus. They're declaring it publicly, what happened privately. It's a unity with Christ. Elijah faced hundreds of prophets of Baal, and he was the only one facing them, and he defeated every prophet. You know what he teaches us? That if it's just you and God, you're still in the majority. Unified with Christ, you're more than a conqueror. Unified with Christ, you'll overcome. Your greatest unity is still with Christ. But here's the deal. If you truly are with Christ, you'll want to be with others. Because you can't say you love God, but you hate people. 
People who say, I'm in Christ, but I'm isolated. I don't know if you really are taking on the fullness of Christ because He brings a ministry of reconciliation. You're an ambassador of Christ. You're a peacemaker. You are somebody who finds it easy to get into unity. And all of a sudden, there's this blessing. There's this anointing. And there's this witness that goes out. Do you guys want to stand up? Can we just sing, just declare... Uh, um, yeah, let's just quickly declare uh, that bridge again and let's just come on, let's stand to read it. you. Anyone else? Just say, that's me. Pray for me. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? Just say, that's me. Lead me in that prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Let's pray as a church family. Jesus, Jesus I, confess I confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe, I believe in my heart 
that God raised you from the dead. The Bible says, because of this confession and this belief that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. I call on your name this morning and ask you to be Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give praise. Let's yeah. talk about Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you, if you can stay standing, if you're going to get baptized, I'm going to ask you to make your way, ladies to ladies, toilets, gents to the gents. Uh, for anyone who's getting baptized after the service, we're going to be celebrating uh, some water baptisms. So we'd love for you to join us. So those people can go to the ladies to the ladies, toilets, gents to the gents. And then we, um, if you want to get baptized and you didn't come prepared, we've also got some clothes and a towel for you. You can make your way there. For everyone else, if you put your hand up, we'd love for you to take the next step. And it's all about following Jesus. We've got a course called Following Jesus. And it's all about learning how to follow Jesus. You can do it on our website, viewchurchtableview.ca.za, or you can wait for our in-person one and you'll hear that advertised. So join us. Remember, we also got Growth Track the first Tuesday of every month. We'd love for you to join us. And new people, your coffee will be waiting outside for you. If you need tickets, your tickets will be waiting outside as you walk out there. Get your tickets for Easter. And remember, share our website. Um, and y'all go have a look. God bless you guys.